Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the September 9th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 2095 through 2103 of the Catechism. 2. Him alone shall you serve. Paragraph 2095. The theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity inform and give life to the moral virtues. Thus, charity leads us to render to God what we as creatures owe him in all justice. The virtue of religion disposes us to have this attitude. Adoration, 2096. Adoration is the first act of the virtue of religion. To adore God is to acknowledge him as God, as the creator and saviour, the Lord and master of everything that exists, as infinite and merciful love. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve, says Jesus, citing Deuteronomy. 2097. To adore God is to acknowledge in respect and absolute submission that the nothingness of the creature, who would not exist but for God. To adore God is to praise and exalt him, and to humble oneself as Mary did in the Magnificat, confessing with gratitude that he has done great things, and holy is his name. The worship of the one God sets man free from turning in on himself from slavery of sin and idolatry of the world. Prayer, 2098. The acts of faith, hope and charity, enjoined by the first commandment, are accomplished in prayer. Lifting up the mind toward God is an expression of our adoration of God. Prayer of praise and thanksgiving, intercession and petition. Prayer is an indispensable condition for being able to obey God's commandments. We ought always to pray and not lose heart. Sacrifice, 2099. It is right to offer sacrifice to God as a sign of adoration and gratitude, supplication and communion. Every action done so as to cling to God in communion of holiness and thus achieve blessedness is a true sacrifice, 2100. Outward sacrifice, to be genuine, must be the expression of spiritual sacrifice. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. The prophets of the Old Covenant often denounced sacrifices that were not from the heart or not coupled with love of neighbour. Jesus recalls the words of the prophet Hosea, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The only perfect sacrifice is the one that Christ offered on the cross as a total offering to the Father's love And for our salvation, by uniting ourselves with his sacrifice, we can make our lives a sacrifice to God. Promises and Vows 2101 In many circumstances, the Christian is called to make promises to God, baptism and confirmation, matrimony and holy orders, always entail promises. Out of personal devotion, the Christian may also make promises to God, this action, that prayer, this almsgiving, that pilgrimage, and so forth. Fidelity to promises made to God is a sign of the respect owed to the divine majesty and of love for a faithful God. 2102. A vow is a deliberate and free promise made to God concerning a possible and better good which must be fulfilled by reason of the virtue of religion. A vow is an act of devotion in which the Christian dedicates himself to God or promises him some good work. By fulfilling his vows, he renders to God what has been promised and consecrated to him. The Acts of the Apostles shows us St. Paul concerned to fulfill the vows that he had made. 
2103. The church recognizes as exemplary value in the vows to practice the evangelical councils. Mother Church rejoices that she has within herself many men and women who pursue the Saviour's self-emptying more closely and show it forth more clearly by undertaking poverty with the freedom of the children of God and renouncing their own will. They submit themselves to man for the sake of God, thus going beyond what is of precept in the matters of perfection, so as to conform themselves more fully to the obedience of Christ. The Church can see in certain cases, and for proportionate reasons, dispense from vows and promises. Okay, so we continue today, and we're looking at the um, at how this commandment how this commandment works out. That him alone shall you serve. You shall love the Lord your you shall love the Lord your God, but him alone you shall serve. That. To have God as God means that you serve him. And here again, it's talking about the, the beautiful ways we're called to serve God. That we're called to serve God, and this is through the virtue of religion. Um, and it is to see that by serving God, it basically means that he's God and I'm not. We like to think of ourselves as being very important, but in reality, God is infinitely more important than we are. And this is why we owe him our adoration. To be able to adore God is necessary. That all of us need to find time to adore God. To admit that he is so much greater than us. This can be done obviously through Eucharistic adoration. Uh, through through going to a church to pray. Or praying whenever you, whenever you have this chance. Sometimes we have to necessarily be awestruck by God. To see that God is awesome, that he is somebody that deserves adoration. We don't adore him to flatter him. We adore him because, in a sense, we have to. His greatness needs us to adore him. And um, again, it's, um, it's a great thing. It helps us. And then obviously from this flows prayer as well. This uh, unnecessary um, attitude of the Christian to pray. Again, the fourth part of the Catechism, we'll spend, I suppose, the month of December uh, looking at um, the fourth part of the Catechism, the shortest part, but a very beautiful section on prayer, so we learn much more about that then. And then the sacrifice, this uniting ourselves to the sacrifice of Christ, but to have a sac an attitude of sacrifice, you know, not to have everything exterior. Some religions are only exterior, that you have to pray at certain times and it has to be done in an exterior way. Christianity isn't just an exterior religion, but what's important is what's in the heart. That we sp spend so much time talking about the heart, that yes, sometimes it's important to have exterior action actions, exterior attitudes, but what happens in our heart is the most important thing. And then this means in life, that we have vows and promises that we make in many different ways. All of us have promises and vows that we make in our, in our initiation when we're baptized and confirmed and that we live these every year. We renew them in the Easter Vigil, but every uh, you really that we're called to live our baptismal promises because we promise them. Then other types of promises and vows that we make, again, some people by becoming monks or religious or uh, nuns, uh, other people in marriage, other people in the priesthood, 
to make these promises to God, these vows to God, that uh, and that these also are important. Again, it's not that we are perfect in them, but that when we don't live up to what we've promised to God in these serious ways, it's a serious sin. You know, it's not as if committing adultery is, um, I don't know, is is uh, nothing. No, if you've promised to be faithful to your spouse, it's a massive sin. The same for a priest who uh, betrays his vow of celibacy. It's it's a big deal. Or any of us who den- who denies the faith. You know, you promised in your baptism to to keep the faith. And then to deny it is a massive sin. Again, it's not that sins can't be forgiven. Obviously, they can be forgiven. Obviously, God wants to forgive them. And also, unfortunately, all of us um, don't keep our promises at times. All of us mess up at times. Uh, But the ideal in Christianity is to live like Christ. And to do this, we need to be united to him. So again, these, um, these aspects call us to depend on God, to lean on him, to hope in him, to be near him, so that he can give us everything that we need. So very well, so tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow we'll look at 2104 to 102109. God bless.